Episode number 259. Oof. I know, right? Wow. Who knew only nine weeks ago we would hit the epic 250th mark? Oh, yeah. We did that, didn't we? Yep. Nine weeks ago. Yeah. It's Numbers seem, work. Seems like only yesterday. I know. I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Uh, Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse, and we're joined by... Amanda, the intern. Amanda, Yay. the intern. <laughs> a.k.a. Yay. Sniffles. No, no sniffles this week? What do you think? I'm trying to hold it in. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're trying to get a new nickname? No. In a perfect world, <laughs> what would your nickname be? You know, you got you to gotta speak close to the microphone. Yeah. You got to get really up I, in there. I, I don't want to get complaints. I can, I can hear it. Yeah, but I don't, we get a lot of complaints. Yep. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my God. People oh. have been complaining about you. You're not close enough to the mic. Right. They're just they're going to... What if I get right here? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. That's great. Okay. That's good. That's You're good. very NPR right now. So NPR. Right? So Amanda, what did you think of your first New York Comic Con? It was it was actually really fun. Um, yeah. Are you surprised? Yeah, there's so many people. Yeah, there were so a lot of people. Many. I mean, I feel like New York in general has a lot of people, so I should have expected that a little right. bit more. But uh yeah, no, it was crazy. It was to switch from small town Arizona where you're from. <laughs> I'm from Phoenix. That's the not... desert. The desert. The desert, yes. There's not a lot of people there. There's a lot of Just people. Just cacti. There. Yep. Lots of cacti. Lots of cacti. And, and little furry creatures that, you know, really critters just brave brave the the heat in yep. the, the desert Mus- muskrats yep uh dingoes critters, actual critters ooh critters. From the movie critters yeah i oh, love right. those movies one and two what why ooh. does that shock you why because does that shock you they are classic they're, they're not really canon film they're not <laughs> They're not like must see, all right? Like when, I would say they when, are. When when Cirilli gives me a hard time because I haven't seen The Godfather, which I have now, by the way. Oh, Cirilli, congratulations! If you're listening, um, he's not. Cirilli's never listening. <laughs> nope. Um, that's like I understand. Like, all right, I've missed a piece of Americana. When you tell me like you haven't seen Critters, that's like Blake getting on my case for not watching the new Lethal Weapon TV show. <laughs> I don't think it's anything in the same class. I would, you know, you can't be, uh, you know, at fault for not seeing a new TV show two weeks after it started. Real talk. Blake is really into the new Lethal Weapon TV show. He sure is. He's been talking about it nonstop. He um, he has a date tonight. And he uh. said he's ready for his, dis- he's like, I have discussion points. So I'm like, about what? He said the new Lethal Weapon TV show. <laughs> Oh boy! So you know if she has not seen it or does not like it, dates over. He's out. He's out. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. He's out. Good luck, Blake. Yeah, we're all rooting for you. Totally. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Uh, Once again, very excited. We'll get a little bit more into that later on, and we reveal the first item from the uh, the November Mystic Gear and Goods Crate. November. November. Do you watch New Girl? I stopped watching seasons ago. Yeah. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. I do. I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but not Between the two of us, they we got both. They cross over. I know. They're two oh. of my favorite shows, and they, they cross crossing over. over. They, we just watched those cross over. Did they cross over this time. week? I don't know. Whenever. I think they did. We watch, we just, we, we watch them on Hulu, so 
Oh. They just came up and... I'm fairly certain they did, because Brooklyn Nine-Nine was doing, like, a multi-part Stuck in Florida Oh, my God, episode, it was so good. Which the was The number great. of jokes just ripping on Florida made me so happy. Yeah. Do you yeah. follow a Florida man Twitter? No. No. Uh, it's just headlines of awful things that happen in Florida. Like, just... It's hilarious, and yeah. it's terrifying. When, um... My parents would go down once a year to this place called Captivo, which is in Florida. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we go and visit them when they're staying down there. And we'll watch the local news. Local Florida news oh. is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. The people are so bizarre. Yep. Well, and- have, haven't you ever seen those, like, interview games where they say, did this happen in Florida or in Star Wars? <laughs> what? <laughs> have you, no, I've never seen anything like <laughs> that. Oh, incredible. yeah. They did They did that with the cast of Star Wars after the new one came out. That, I, came and out. it sounds 100% plausible where you would be very, like, Yeah. Unsure. It's amazing how much of it happened in Florida. Yeah. Florida, Florida is man. insane. To all our Floridian listeners. Welcome. Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Tell it. Tweet us. Tweet us. Let us know you're in Florida. Yeah, let us know any. Let cool, us know if you need help. Crazy stories that have happened <laughs> to you, like, you oh, did an alligator serve you breakfast one day, or, or something oh, I like saw that. an alligator when I was in Florida sure, one time. Sure, just wandering around. It's gonna happen, like it, like it did. Yeah, mind definitely. In, mind in its own. Yeah, there was uh, in the Brooklyn Nine Nine Florida episodes. They had the local TV. Mm-hmm. They had like a fake local TV yeah, station. And whenever I go to Baton Rouge for the holidays, Baton or Rouge. Baton Rouge the red stick with uh, with Elizabeth, my wife, for to see her family. We always watch the local news, and mm-hmm. it's spot on, one hundred percent. They nailed it. It's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It we was got so it. great. Ah, made so, me happy. So shout out to Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, keeping it real. Great show. Keep great it one hundred. Yep. Um, Should we get into comics? Yeah, let's talk about week? some comics. Well, uh, <laughs> this is your first episode of this week in Marvel. Uh, we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week. New uh, releases from single issues. You say all the new comics out this week. New. Yeah, you know, like new, that. <laughs> uh, new single issues collections, digital print, and then we're gonna get to some news. Right, and the first comic we're gonna talk about is Daredevil number twelve, written by Charles Soulman Soul, art by Ron Garney. Is I I was very uh, confused that there was no all new issues this week, no Civil War issues. I know the way we just go, we go we straight dive, to Daredevil. We go right to the D. Yeah. Right to the D. Right to the D. Lead with the D. Yeah, right to the D. Diving right into it. Amanda is shaking her head. Yep. This is what she has four degrees for, to listen to us uh, make these kinds of jokes. Color art by Matt Mila. Uh, This picks up with Daredevil confronting Muse, the new villain, the super creepy new villain, who is making um, art out of murder. He's a serial killer who is doing art installations. He asks Daredevil if he likes his art. Um, Daredevil declines to respond. And then it quickly becomes an Inhuman-centric issue as the Inhumans, well, one of Muse's art installations is that he took Inhumans and basically took their dead bodies and made them into art. or what As he, you do. What he considers art. Yeah. So you got Frank McGee. And of course, Charles Soulman Soul also writes Uncanny Inhumans. So he is uh, very equipped to write the Inhumans into this book. Nur. Nur. Frank McGee takes over the investigation. Him and Matt Murdock hit it off pretty well. They get along pretty well. Um, but Matt Murdock does not get along well with Medusa and Karnak when he goes to New Adelan and asks for permission to basically have the records of their investigation. Uh, Medusa says no. Karnak fights him. Awesome fight scene between Karnak and Daredevil. It's like, you know, Karnak looking for weak spots, Daredevil using his radar sense. I'm not entirely sure. I got to say, I'm not entirely certain how Daredevil won the fight because he's just like, 
He's exploiting my weakness. He thinks he knows me. He sees me. He doesn't. I guess he's just quick. That daredevil. Sure. He got a good shot in, but yeah. it's an awesome fight, and it's really well drawn by Ron Garney. Um, and Karnak was ready to paralyze Daredevil. He was ready to paralyze him. He was ready to knock his brains out over the floor. Yeah. This is a nasty book. I love the fact that Daredevil's in a black costume now. Yeah. It just works. It just fits so nicely into the shadows and everything that works in this book. Um, more Daredevil and Frank McGee stuff. And then Muse strikes again at somewhere close to home for Daredevil. Yes. All right. Staying on the D, we've got Darth Vader number yeah, 25. Keep on that D. Yep. Uh, the last issue of oh, this series. What an epic series it's been. One of my favorite comics we put out. Um, Ever. Maybe. It's so good. I think we should just do like hyperbole for everything. Totally. This is the greatest comic of all time. <laughs> Written by Karen. People. Karen Gillan is a genius. Sorry. Okay. Written by Karen Gillan. Art by Salvador LaRocca. Colors by Edgar Delgado. For There's multiple stories in here. That's the main story. And this is, this is Darth Vader just clearing the deck. This is him finishing all the stuff that he started throughout this run. Dealing with uh, Doctor Silo, Kylo. I don't. I never asked anyone if it's Kylo or Silo. Amanda, what is it? C Y L O. I mean, I guess Silo just makes me think of you know a farm. So yeah, go with Kylo. Uh, Arizona farms. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of farmland out there in the desert. Yeah, dealing with Kylo and Doctor Afra and the Emperor and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's. There's this one part where Dr. Kylo has this cool robe. Looks like a Dr. Strange robe. Mm. Totally looks. That's got that cool. vibe. You got another part where. Oh, no. You're about to get to it. <laughs> Which part? That part. This part? Yeah, where he releases all the clone silos. Oh, yeah. I love that part. Yeah. Just a bunch of naked. Just a, You know, when, when a bunch of naked dudes converge on Darth Vader, that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> Vader just finishes the fight in. Oh, friggin awesome way yeah uh this is like badass vader at his badassiest yeah this and it's like he doesn't say a lot throughout the issue there's nope. a couple of pages where he he's silent and just murdering just mm. non-stop a force of terrifying nature uh he has to deal with afro who has uh secretly been in touch with the emperor and that whole thing is wonderful and and it leads the emperor and afro's relationship is great yeah and the emperor's like oh Where'd that girl? What a delightful liked, young lady. I liked her. It's like, yeah. you know, when uh, a parent who liked, you know, the, the person you were dating and then you stopped dating them. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, what happened to them? Good oh, comparison. I liked them. Yeah. Oh, well, they're dead now. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a moment in this issue where a character has that that moment where they say, not like this. Please, not like this. Which I love great. from uh, The Matrix. The, uh-huh. There's some character who gets killed when the phone and the thing and who, the you who know remembers the Matrix anymore. I do, right. I do. Uh, but she's like not like this, and then nah, she dies. But I love the way she does that. That yeah. read or the hot or the Hawkeye the Hawkeye, Hawkeye moment. Death. And I yeah. think this is up there for me in those not like this moments. Mm. It's so good. I love it. Uh, we get that. We get Vader force choking a dude. Get Vader thinking about his kid and a uh, postscript. Yeah, that's gonna. Uh, it's gonna what? It's gonna. Uh, we got news coming up later. That's already out there. I know, but yeah. we're gonna we're, oh, we're gonna, gonna break we're it gonna here. talk about it on the we're show. Talk about it here. Yes. Uh, I kind of got to spoil it. We're yeah. gonna talk about it. Sure. Doctor Afro is alive. Yeah, she survives. She does, and we'll have more to talk about with her in the news section. She she bets 
on a couple of things happening. Bet on black. And she is completely lucky. Yeah. But it is uh, it is great that she bets and she wins because it gives us all kinds of great stuff in the mm-hmm. future. Really makes me happy. And uh, we do have one final coda that has to do with uh, the sand people from Tatooine. Yep. Um, Freaking sand people. Yeah, man. They. What are you laughing about? Yeah, what's so funny? Tuscan Raider. Would you yeah. rather a Tuscan Raider? No, Sand People is way better. Okay. Uh, but it's this really, really cool story. Beautiful uh, art. Yeah, beautiful art. By, Silent story. Yeah, Max Fumara. So it, it really, it's like the the building of a myth on Tatooine mm-hmm. around Darth Vader from the Tuscan Raider's perspective, uh, which is really, really cool. And it has a total uh, Wicker Man vibe, mm-hmm. which I dug. Always cool for some Wicker Man. Deadpool number 20. Have you seen Wicker Man? No. I didn't think so. Uh, Deadpool number 20, written by Jerry Dugan, uh, art by Matteo Lolly, colors by Guru EFX. This is a, a different kind of issue of Deadpool. This is one that Jerry said he didn't think he could write, and it was a big challenge. And it basically starts off with a girl about to jump off the roof of a building, and you would hope that any superhero would show up to save the day and kind of talk her down but instead deadpool shows up she's not just jumping off of any building she's jumping off of deadpool's building yeah the the theater that has been destroyed the the unity squad um headquarters and so basically deadpool uh shows up and it's a whole story about deadpool trying to talk this girl off the ledge and taking her on adventures with him and uh they go and see a play they go and foil some crime they go and knock an old lady out. They, As you uh, do. They they do all sorts of crazy stuff. And over the course of this, Deadpool is basically just like trying to show this girl, like, you know, life is worth living. Look at all this fun you can have. Look at all the cool things you can do. Um, and then eventually he takes her to get help. And the issue ends with uh, Deadpool getting maybe not what he deserves, but what he found. And then Jerry has a nice letter talking about why this issue was important to him. So, cool issue. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was really, really great. Um, you know, when you think about, at least when I think about those issues where they tackle sort of depression mm-hmm. and suicide, I think of that, um, I think it was an all-star Superman issue. Yes. Grant Morrison yeah. and Frank Quietly, um, which is, you know, we don't talk about DC much here, but make they, an exception. They there. did a great job. Yeah. And that was really, like, that's Superman to me. Like, that caring sort of story really typified the character um and i think that's a really tough subject to engage i think jerry and the team did a really good job in doing it in the way that felt right for deadpool was also just it was smart it was funny it was good really good book it was really well done um you know we've tackled some sensitive issues in some of our books like we're tackling mental health stuff in moon Knight right now which we'll get to in a little bit and tackling you know depression suicide Obviously, if anyone out there is suffering from any of that, you know, there's so many help resources. Actually, in the issue of Deadpool, they tell you uh, places you can go to get help. So. Yeah, definitely. There's always help out there. Something to always remember. All right, on to Great Lakes Avengers number one. I love the logo. It's the old school Avengers West Coast logo ah. done up as Great Lakes Avengers. It's so good. Nice. Will Robson, who did the art on this, ah. has already offered to draw me a Nova. What? Uh, yeah, that's right. How I'm, did you get that? I'm wheeling and dealing on Twitter. Um, I uh, posted some of Ramon Perez's art, and Will Robson said, "Oh my God, I love Nova so much. I really want to draw him. It's my dream." I go, "You should draw him in my sketchbook." And he goes, "Next time I'm in America, I will." <laughs> where Where does he live? I don't know. 
Great. Un America. Nice. Uh, so this is written by Arizona, maybe written by Zach Gorman, art by as you mentioned, Will Robson, colors by Tamara Bonvalin. Uh, so if you ain't got no clue who the Great Lakes Avengers are, let's give you a little bit of a primer. They're uh, like the Z Z level Avengers team. Basically, the way they were introduced is Hawkeye and Mockingbird were taking a break from the West Coast Avengers because they were on the outs with them, and they discovered that there was a team operating, I believe, in Wisconsin. Um, and it was just these heroes with these lame powers, but all the heart in the world. And uh, the Mock Hawkeye and Mockingbird trained them to become the Great Lakes Avengers. They were an officially acknowledged Avengers branch. Then they got that taken away from them at some point. Uh, and all sorts of cool stuff happened. But they're basically like, you know, our, our comedy Avengers. Yeah. and But they were a squad that actually had Squirrel Girl on the team yeah, for Squirrel quite Girl was a while. For a bit. Um, but now she has gone on to bigger and better things. I mean, bigger things. Who? It's arguable. It's better. Yeah, uh, and there's actually a mention about Squirrel Girl and her bigger place. There's in a the cameo of Squirrel Girl. Yes, uh, in in this issue. Uh, but this issue really focuses uh, heavily on Flatman, mm -hmm. who Love is uh, this super smart scientist dude who basically turns himself flat. Uh, kind of when he turns flat, he can stretch and do all this interesting stuff. But he's still flat. It's like Reed Richards without the dimension, mm -hmm. like the third dimension abilities. But uh, what I love in this issue, though, is he goes unflat, which yeah, I don't think never he's, I've that? never seen that. Before. And it makes a lot is like he can stretch when he's flat. Yeah, he's not. He's just a dude. He's just a guy. That's great. He's a scientist, I think. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, we got Big Bertha, who is a model, and yep. she she has uh, size changing capabilities. Um, and Doorman, which Doorman. he's got a whole load of stuff wow. happens with him. Uh, he's Ava like, Avatar of Oblivion. Yeah, he's got dark force powers, mm -hmm. uh, but he's a cheerful guy for considering he's he's the angel dead. of death. He's the angel of death. Yeah, we've seen him on skis. Yeah, before mm -hmm. as you do as death would death, have. That's how death, death gets has, around. Yeah, he has to ski. Death on skis. Yep. Uh, we've got the introduction of a new character uh, in here, which is super cool. Uh, plus cameos by uh, Shriek and what's the other one? The fire guy. Oh, Firebutt. Firebrand? Firebrand? Is yeah, it Firebrand? It's Firebrand. Firebutt. But Firebutt. Firebutt. Fire? Firebutt. Uh, Firebrand. Firebrand. Yeah. Uh, we got them in here. Uh, I like that even after I told you it was Firebrand, you still call them Firebutt. Well, yeah. I prefer Firebutt. I, I kind of do, too. Yeah. Uh, plus, we get to see what is going on with one of the other mainstays of the Great Lakes Avengers. Mr. Mr. Mortal. Which is really, really fun intro to the book and to the characters. Hope you check it out. Plus, man, that art is fantastic. So good. So good. Can't wait to have you in my sketchbook, Will Robson. Hope you're listening. <laughs> XOXO. Uh, unbelievable Gwenpool, number seven, the start of Gwenpool, head of MODOK, written by Christopher Hastings, art by Grihiru. Um, Gwenpool is now in charge of MODOK's organization, but unfortunately she's got a lot of loose ends she's got to tie up. She made some aliens pretty mad a few issues back, so she has to find a way to evade them. Uh, she does it in super clever fashion. She's dealing with uh, Cecil, her buddy, who is dead, and who isn't too thrilled about being dead. He, uh, he, being a ghost isn't all it's cracked up to be. So she's trying to coax him back. She has to meet with the guy who has hired MODOK's organization and convince him that they're still up to the task, even with MODOK on. There's some banter amongst the crew, the support crew. Um, there's police looking for the MODOK base. The aliens come back. There's Gwenpool hiding in a shark's head. Uh, that should do it. I mean, Gwenpool hiding in a shark's head should sell it. 
and she's on, and she gets caught between the police and the aliens, and things just go wacky caboodle. Whoop whoop! That's the sound of the police. You know, I'm dancing. All right, on Can't to see me dancing. Han Solo number four, written by Marjorie Liu, art by Mark Brooks, colors by Sonia Obeck, and. Matt Mila, shout out to Olivier Coipel, who Beautiful just, cover. Oh my god, that cover. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, as yeah. ridiculous as the amazing art inside. It's a beautiful issue. Uh, it's, it's a great story. We get to see... So Han Solo, Chewbacca, they're running the Dragon Void, which is this wild race mm-hmm. uh, across the galaxy that uh, you, know, you do for fame and fortune and to be the best around. Mm. And then... Um, they're also running this race to help Princess Leia, who has some spies that they need to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole mystery unfolding. One of the spies is theoretically a traitor, but they don't know which one. They picked up the first spy, who's very skittish. They uh, By the end of the last issue, they picked up the second spy, who's this super cool, like, tiger-ish Who has some history person. with Chewbacca. Of course, yeah. And Han. Yeah. Um, then you get to see a little bit of really cool spiritual stuff by one of the other dragon racers and this like great heart to heart with Han. Um, this character, I just adore the one, the dragon racer who's yes. got the, the four arms yeah, yeah, yeah. and the little, a little, I'm not sure it's a he or a she. I think it's a she. I, I, th- I, she. I see it as a she. Yeah. Well, we'll yes. identify her as she. Sure. She. Who's going to complain? Uh, the internet. All right. Um, probably they're because already, we don't know all the, doing it. the, uh, alien races of all the characters yeah, either. Fair. Um, so it's terrific stuff. We get to see, you know, the, the movement. Now they're getting to the home stretch of this race and the mystery is really getting, uh, heated up because, uh, by the last page, you see a big, big problem going on within the Millennium Falcon, but without the Millennium Falcon, they're also running up to other problems. So trouble within and without for Han and Chewie. Can you do a Chewbacca impression, Amanda? I really can't. Mm, think about it. Yeah. Mm, think about yeah. it. We'll get back. Oh, that was good. Oh, really? Was that it? Yeah. It's like the high-pitched wow. baby Chewbacca. <laughs> high-pitched baby Chewbacca. Huh. All right. Hold on to your butts, people. It's Howard the Duck number 11, the final issue of this volume of oh Howard the Duck. Why? Called Why? Howard's End. Why? Brilliant title. Uh. Written by Chip Zdarsky. Pencils by Joe Canones. Joe Rivera, Mark Deering, and Joe Canones on inks. Jordan Gibson and Joe Canones on colors. Joe Canones just all over the place. Um, so good. In the last issue, this is metatextual all over the place. Oh. Uh, we've got the Iron Punisher has killed Howard the Duck, but this dude Chip, no relation to Chip Zdarsky, but he looks just like him, uh, from this race of aliens who, they're called Spark Attacks, and they basically plot out what's going on with our favorite heroes. Uh, Chip is trying to destroy Howard. He's pissed off at him. Uh, Howard's friend Tara in a duck-like armor outfit that looks like something from Attack of the Planets goes after Mojo. Attack of the Planets? Is that what's Attack of the Planets? Attack of the Planets? Battle of the Planets? Battle of the Planets. Attack of the Planets. What are we talking about? There, doesn't that kind of look like it? Yeah, Battle of the Planets. Yeah, Attack of the Planets. Nope. Um, She goes after Mojo. She does a Judge Dredd cosplay. She's cosplaying all sorts of different stuff. Spider-Man's fighting the Iron Punisher. The Iron Punisher Biggs stuff is breathtaking i basically i you must have been going nuts i was losing it throughout uh, uh, the issue biggs the cybernetic cat basically saves the day uh puts away puts away the iron punisher meanwhile up in the spark attacks joe the other spark attack responsible for howard the duck is trying to work against chip to get howard back howard 
is dead and then he's not dead and then he's fighting uh chip who has the cosmic power the power cosmic cosmic power uh (laughs) scout from earlier in the series comes back she makes a cameo and then uh axel shows up axel being the head spark attack yeah no relation to axel no relation at all and uh he provides a happy we got johnny Stormback hitting on aunt may like all the things you loved about howard the duck over these past 16 issues are all summed up here and the last page is phenomenal even better than that is Chip Zdarsky's farewell letter as well as Joe Canone's farewell letter. They really did a kick-ass job on this character. Howard the Duck is a challenging character. Uh, they made it work. They made it successful. They told their story, and now they're ready to move on to other things. Yeah, they but did. What, we will miss it. 16 or 18 16 issues? 16 issues, as said in the letters page. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was our pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> great end to an amazing book. Yep. Uh, I loved it. Every little bit of it. Over in Marvel Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 13, adapting the episode Stuck in the Metal with You. Uh Stuck in the Metal with You. Written by Todd Garfield, directed by Jeff Wamster, adapted by our good friend Joe Caramanga. Yeah. Uh, Max Ride Final Flight is as I don't see it. Max Ride Final Flight, we did not get it, but Max Ride Final Flight number two, no, we didn't. Huh. It's our, I don't know where, Alex Lopez could not find it. And if Alex Lopez can't find it, yeah, it's not going to get found. That's right. Um, so the kids are on the run yep. from the erasers. Yep. Uh, they have trust issues. Yep. They are flying. Probably with theoretically. Their, with their wings. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would assume they don't go a whole issue without flying. Uh, good stuff. I think it's written by Jody Hauser. Um, art by someone great. Yeah, I wish yeah. we had it in front of us. Guys. Yeah, but that's that's my estimation. Check out Max Ride Final Flight, number yeah. two. Uh, Moon Knight, number seven out this week. Written by Jeff Lemire. Art by, and this is ridiculous, art by Francesco Francovia mm. and James Stokoe. Mm. Oh, gosh. Mm. It is... We don't deserve this. We we literally do not deserve it's, a beautiful comic We're like unworthy this. of this comic. So you got the the... The story, the two art styles do bleed into each other, but you have... Um, the Stoko art following the sort of futuristic moon knights. They're on the moon fighting the uh, the wolf. What are they called? Just space, the, aren't they space, space wolves? wolves? Yeah. Space wolves. Yeah. Fighting the space wolves who have taken over Earth. Uh, and now they're trying to wipe up the last vestiges of humanity. Look who at fled that. Freaking spread page. I know. They have fled oh to God. the moon. And James Stoko, one of my favorite artists. I have a bunch of his pages of Godzilla comics mm. that he's drawn. I bought the original art because I love his stuff so much. This stuff is gorgeous. Uh, Just cool, really awesome sci-fi space stuff with wolves and dudes in spaceships and flying and all the craziness. But then then meanwhile, you get the other story. So we're we're sort of looking at different personas within Moon Knight's psyche. mm -hmm. What is real? What isn't? We we literally do not know. No idea. Because we also have the story of the 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 TV show or the movie that mm-hmm. they're filming that mm-hmm. we're not even seeing in this issue, uh, but we've got Jake Lockley. Yep, uh, he's driving his taxi cab in New York City. It's got the very seventies vibe to it, and the the two things sort of bleed into each other. So there's crashes, and you see it from both perspectives. And wait, what is real? What is in? How how do the things sort of coexist? We get 
these beautiful pages of just wild stuff happening on the moon. Then you flip and you go back to uh, to New York City. We get to go to the diner where Gina, one of the um, supporting cast members, owns. And then everything is like crazy, and it's just there. It ends uh, on a shot of a character's eyes looking absolutely terrified and confused, mm-hmm. and in the best way possible, we feel the same way. It's really, really good. This this book, they're just they're crushing it. Lately. They're doing a great job. Moon yeah. Knight is out of this world, man. All the art is just supplementing Jeff Lemire's great story. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, meanwhile, meet Marvel's newest hero, <clears throat> Mosaic. Yeah. In Mosaic number one, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Carrie Randolph. Uh, Morris Sackett is a professional basketball player who's on top of the world. He's got his pops. He's got uh, his girlfriend or I don't know. I don't know what their relationship is. You know, it's very complex how how celebrities date. But um, yeah, they probably have relations. Yeah, they visit or seen each other. Can we say Bone Zone still? Oh, it's been now, co-opted. Now that that what is his name, Kenneth Bone? Yeah, has uh, tried to co-opt. What is up with that? I got Kenneth I, Bone, obvious listener of this week in Marvel. Sure, he changed his name, so yeah. he could be like, I'm, you know, coming to the Bone Zone. Pretty ridiculous. Um, but Morris Sackett. Gets enveloped by the Terrigen Mist. Uh, he's imprisoned in a cocoon. He breaks out. Looks crazy. Love this design by Carrie Randolph. Suddenly, he starts. He falls out of a building. He absorbs the power. Uh, what basically happens is he inhabits the bodies of different people and picks up little traits of theirs as he goes. So as he's going from body to body, like one guy can speak languages. So all of a sudden, the next body he's in can speak languages. Uh, just cool stuff. Figuring out his power. Like that. Uh, being overwhelmed by the emotion of one of the guys that he inhabits um, and getting into a bad situation. And you feel like his desperation and just wanting to get out of this and wanting to get back to his his father and try to figure something out. Uh, No one is listening to him. No one believes him. Uh, And then the question is, can he survive if the body he's inhabiting dies? It's it's very cool stuff. It's very different. Um, It's a different take on Inhumans. I'm looking forward to see what Jeffrey Thorne does with this thing. It's very cool. Yeah, I thought it was a really great first introduction to this character, to this power set, to this world. You got a good sense of someone who has no idea what's going on mm-hmm. and sort of learning as they go yep. and figuring it out. It's it, it felt very welcoming to bring you into the story and make you feel like you you are this person. You're really entering on the ground floor. Yeah, so I, I thought it was great. I really love the the vibe of the character like you can see that oh he's he gets into this body so he knows everything that this person knows mm-hmm. and it sort of degrades as he moves from body to body but he right he still starts losing elements pieces. of it yeah uh which i think is really neat um man it's really cool I yeah love it's very book. different it's cool yeah. all right on to old man logan number 12 written by jeff lemire art by andrea sorrentino colors by marcelo maiolo and Man, I love this book so much. This storyline uh, continues on. This is part four of The Last Ronin. Uh, it's called The Old Man and the Boy. And it's uh, focusing on Logan's battle with the Silent Order, this uh, this group of warriors or thugs uh, in Japan, told from both. Are they warriors or are they thugs? Warrior thugs? Thug warriors? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're more or less a, a gang. Um, and so you've got perspectives of now where old man Logan is facing this gang in, in our current Marvel universe. And the leader is this, um, telepathic and telekinetic kid 
who in Logan's past, which is the future, yeah. he would also go up against the Silent Order, uh, and the old man, this kid, would be the Become leader. the old man. Yeah. Um, and you know what I like? It's a, it's a small thing. It's a little touch, but the mm. fact that they had the kid's powers as he got older, his powers degraded. Yeah. So as a young man, he's seen the future. He's seen that Logan is going to kill him, yeah. and he knows that if he lives long enough to confront Logan in the future, he won't be able to do anything because yeah. he won't have all his power. But as a young man, he has all these powers. I don't know. It's just a little thing that I like for some reason. Totally. I think um, this is... I don't have to explain myself. No, you don't. Um, Amanda. <laughs> this is... It's just... One, it's drop... It's just gorgeous. This is, hands down, one of the most beautiful books on the stand. Mm-hmm. There's numerous two-page spreads in here that are wonderfully designed. The colors... Just jump off the page. It's powerful. It's kinetic. It's really, really like engrossing. And um, you say I'm... it's electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Right here. Mind, uh, mind link right there. Uh, we've got Andrea is doing some really amazing stuff with panel borders and structure mm-hmm. and storytelling. That is. Look at that shape of that dragon there. Yeah. It's very cool. He he turns. He takes dragons and turns those into the panels that you read. And, or as Strami would way. say, dragons. Dragons. Uh, and it, it works for the storytelling, mm-hmm. and it's really, really cool. And this beautiful issue is bloody and it's brutal. You've got Lady Deathstrike, who is taunting Logan because she's captured as well. You get to see Logan's past with um, Maureen, who would be his wife in his in his past, his, but also his future. His past future. It's so confusing. Oh, man. There's man so it's, much it's a headache. Of I issue. will say that, um, like, middle age old man Logan. Like middle aged Logan here, he's got his Older hair. Man is, Logan, his uh, the white is starting to come in on the sides. Looks and stuff. good. He is Wears a it well. handsome devil in here, little, covered in blood. Little salt and pepper. Oh yeah, uh, just really really cool stuff. And uh, we get to see that you know this is not the future that old man Logan has already lived through. Well, that's what he keeps trying to insist to this kid. He's like, look, I am the fact that I'm here changes everything. We don't need to do this. I I. I'm not going to kill you. Uh, this whole last Ronin story has been great. It's always fun when uh, Wolverine goes to Japan and uh, Andres Arantino really. And uh, who's the colors on that? Uh, Marcelo Maiolo. Marcelo Maiolo. They are a dynamite art team oh, when yeah. it comes to uh, depicting that sort of stuff. 100. Over Power Man and Iron Fist, number nine, a Civil War II tie-in written by David F. Walker, art by Sanford Green and Flaviano, colors by John Rauch. So much going on in this issue. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it also frustrated me and then turned things around and then flipped things on its head. Basically, the gist is that Danny Rand has been in prison in Riker's prison. Uh, Carol Danvers got a vision from Ulysses that Luke Cage is going to break him out of the prison. Luke insists that he's not going to do that. But somehow, Luke, Captain Marvel, Spectrum, Puck, and a bunch of other people storms in there and Deathlock's in there and Mockingbird and Songbird. They all converge on Riker's and it basically cause a huge prison riot yep. where all the prisoners get free. Meanwhile, you've also got uh, all these old 70s Marvel characters, all old Power Man characters like Disco Devil and Cockroach Hamilton. Uh, they are doing their own stuff and getting recruited by this hooded figure who I think I know who it is based on news we got out of uh, Comic-Con. Oh, I don't but know I'm who not it gonna, is. I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, um, you got to tell me. But, well, I'll tell you later. I need to know. Um, but what really got me in this issue is once the fighting dies down and Luke has an argument with Oh, Carol, I know who it is. I know who it is. You know who yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, 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 ye
Okay. All right. So, anyways, um, there's a discussion between Luke and Carol, where Luke just lays out to me like a flawless argument about this is why you can't use predictive justice. This is why it's profiling. This is why it's wrong. Him and Dan. I'm just. I'm so on the side of Luke and Danny here. They just make such a compelling argument, or David Walker makes a compelling argument via what he says. But then the twist. Is that at the end, once uh, Danny and Luke are left alone, Luke's basically like, you know what? She might be right. She might have a point. And he's like, I, I might have done this. I might have done this. I was thinking about it. Yeah. I was thinking about doing it. And I, and I, and that you could see how much it bums him out yeah. that, like, he, this whole thing sort of fits into yeah, it. Yeah. And uh. she basically, the reason he didn't end up doing it is because Carol intervened. He's not going to tell her that. But this was a really, we talked to David Walker during, uh, comic-con we had a great interview with him um i mean all our interviews were great we were really just killing it yep um top of the world but we had a nice talk with david walker and he is just on fire with this book uh david walker is one of our up-and-coming stars here at marvel and he really took the civil war ii argument by the horns and uh presented both sides wonderfully and just this chaotic issue was a whole lot of fun yeah if you're not reading power man and iron fist yet what is wrong with you we had no time for you yeah. Amanda. Yeah. GTFO. I read because it. You read it? I did. did yeah. You? Look. Sniffles is reading it. Sniffles is reading it. Get off Sniffles your butt. Sniffles is reading it. You got to do it. And read Power Man and Iron Fist. She's dealing with a cold that she's had for four weeks now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Minimum four weeks. Yeah. Oh, have you been there a month yet? This is my fourth week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Keeping track. Creepy. Yeah. Totally. All right. On to Solo. Solo. <laughs> when <laughs> he lives, terror dies. <laughs> I... Can we just stop for yes. a second and just go back to the 1990s? Ah, those days. Those beautiful days when Solo had a limited series and yeah. you were kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, everyone gets a limited series at some point. Did you ever think, hey, 20 years from now, Solo is going to have his own ongoing series? Nope. I never thought that. But you know I do did remember. Think it? Dr. Tim Stevens, <laughs> the world's biggest Solo fan. Yeah. Who writes our psych ward? Writes our psych features. Ward we should have him do a psych ward with Solo. Yeah. Oh, that would be a dream for him. Yeah. I'm gonna make that happen. Um, if you're listening to him, which I know you haven't for years, I do remember there was a dope Todd McFarlane cover with Solo yes, on it. Yes, I remember Amazing that cover. Spider-Man. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it made I, Solo look like the baddest ass. That was I, that was the cool thing about all these characters showing up back in '90s Spider-Man. You got to see like. Todd McFarlane draw them, or Eric Larson draw them, yeah. maybe Mark Bagley. I love Todd, uh, Eric Larson drawing Venom because he hated mm-hmm. the character. Oh, yeah? So, he, yeah, I remember reading that he he did not like Venom, so he always drew him really, like, gross and overdone mm. and made the mouth, like, I know he always had the and, like, jaw, like, the coming jaw, way like, down. Saliva, yeah. and he made him, like, really gross and overblown, but it, it worked. Beautiful. I yeah. love Eric Larson's, uh, I'm about to say Nova, um, Eric Larson's <laughs> Venom. I have yeah. an Eric Larson Nova. Nice. I'm sure you do, yeah. Ben. We right. get it. You like Nova. I like Nova. I'm, yeah. like, I'm really excited about Nova. That's fair. Okay. All right. Uh, so back to Solo. Back to it. Solo deserves our attention, and I apologize for not giving it to him. Written by Jerry Duggan and Jeffrey Thorne. Jeffrey Thorne on fire this week. Totally. Two books. Yeah. Art by Paco, Paco Diaz. Colors by Israel Silva. So Solo, his deal is he's a mercenary, mm-hmm. um, and he takes jobs. He can teleport. Uh, limited range. Very limited range. Uh, also, he has to be able to see where he's teleporting. A line of sight teleportation. Yeah. As we call it. 
Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he just sort of takes his jobs, does his thing, and he kind of fights terrorism. He hates terror. He's, he hates terrorists. Not a fan of terrorism. Not a fan of terrorists. Um, I mean, he's He's got, uh, I think, I don't know if it's his wife and his baby, but a girlfriend and, I and think, a child. I think, it's a, I think it's a baby mama situation. Okay. Well, anyway... But like they're still together. Yep. That's the vibe I get. And she's she seems like a former uh, Merc as well. Yes. Based on you know the, the conversation that they have. So he's got this cool family dynamic. He's got this you know this this whole thing. He's out there. He's fighting. He's not very good. No, he's not great. He's not great. No. Like, you know, he's, he's just okay. he's doing his best, but eh, he's still got to work on it. Yep. Uh, so he he ends up taking a job that leads him into one of the Mad Thinkers labs, mm. which is a bad place to get to. Yeah, because, no, you don't want to be there. Uh, there's all kinds of booby traps and security uh, cautionary things. So it's just the booby to get trapped. Oh. Oh. Sorry, uh, Solo. But what he is there to to get for his uh, his employer is fantastic. It made mm-hmm. me laugh. Uh, it's really fun. And he has to get out of there and try and save his life, uh, get the, the thing out. And, you know, it's a cool introduction to his powers, to who he is, to sort of the world that he inhabits, but also thrusts him into bigger play with shield and we'll Mm -hmm. see what that means for him in the coming issues but uh according to uh shield probably not good for solo no i don't think shield and solo are going to mesh very well um something that does mesh well with marvel is star wars and they bring us star wars the force awakens number five adaptation of the small indie film star wars the force awakens yep written by chuck wendig art by luke ross colors by frank martin things are getting serious as ray has been kidnapped by the first order Finn and the gang have to go and get her back. A lot of cool Kylo Ren stuff in this issue. A lot of great Han Solo stuff. Leia, uh, if you've seen the movie, you know what happens. It's the same plot as the movie. Um, (laughs) One would hope. It it is. There are no twists. Uh, But it's great. It's cool to see it in comic book form. And it's great to see Luke Ross drawing the heck out of it. Yeah. Um, So I guess... Technically, we're, we're using V. Apparently, yeah, V is I for, now. We a forgot thing. to move the the clone conspiracy yeah. and the Punisher. Right, so we're we're we've got the Punisher yeah. and the clone conspiracy, which were mistakenly put to the back. I forgot to move them That's in the, right. the list. We, we uh, got to them, but we'll, you know hard. what? We'll dive into Dead No More. Oh my God, the clone conspiracy. I read this. This was the first book I read last week. I'm so all in. On what Slot is doing with Amazing Spider-Man, yep. I texted you. You ra- we rarely text each other to talk about the books. Before no, we rarely we text the- each other. Period. <laughs> to get to we, the, try, we uh, spend enough time together. I know, but before we do the podcast, and you had to text me. To yes, talk I about texted how good you to say was. how good it was, and yeah. it's so good. Um, Jim Chung art. Uh, Dan right, well, Slott me, writing. Yeah, yeah you're it's your book. Team, it's your book. Go for it. Creative right. team is Dan Slot writing, Jim Chung penciling, John Dell inking, mm-hmm. so good, and Justin Ponsor coloring. So crazy amazing cat uh crew on this and it opens up at a funeral if you've been reading amazing spider-man you know which character just died and yes. you know the guilt that spider-man that peter parker is going to carry with this heartbreak and what the uh, the death means to his personal life and then it starts to sort of spin out because um there's this company called new you and this this treatment that basically new you is this almost cure-all it's like if you have a problem you, you know, use this new you uh, procedure and they will fix it. And it's worked. It has saved someone's life, uh, an actual Parker Industries employee, completely cured, ready to go. Uh, but when Peter Parker went to go see this guy, something was wrong. 
uh, Spidey, the Spidey sense went off, which is always a sense of Never danger. Did. And he couldn't tell what, but he knew if he's getting the Spidey sense, when he sees this person, he knows that something is wrong. So Peter and uh, Anna Maria Marconi, yeah, I think, yeah, they go to investigate uh, this guy and see what's up because Peter thinks he needs to get to the bottom of this uh, new you situation. So he wants to figure out, okay, I know someone who has had this treatment. Let's go see them. What he finds out is there is definitely something wrong. Definitely. Definitely. So the new you people have to take a pill every day. Every day. Every day. You know, and that's every fine. Day. Yeah, sure. You take a pill. We because, all take pills. Yeah, you need to. I take a ton of pills. Yeah. Yeah. I take uh, three kinds of different vitamins. They're I pills. Take, I take some vitamins. I take some other stuff. It's all good, man. You know, you got to do what you got to do. You take what you take. What, yeah. no Vitagummies? What? They make vitamin gummies now, too. Oh, my God. I ain't got no time to chew. Just, just toss them down the Take your millennial go. garbage and throw it in the Yeah. Trash. I mean, vitamins in the, of themselves are not helping you at all, really. Eh, oh, please. Give us your conspiracy theories. Not your conspiracy clone theory. conspiracy I'll take theories. my placebos. I'm happy with it. All right. Um, we've got... Uh, Hot take from Sniffles over here. Yeah. Hot uh, take on vitamins. So she, she, uh, Spider-Man goes to New You headquarters in San Francisco as he really is trying to start to get to the bottom of this. And he uncovers the lab and the spookiness and lots of bad stuff. He has a throwdown with two of his arch villains who've been recruited to the New You situation. I think we can say who they are. Rhino and the New Electro. The New Electro. Yep. Uh, They were both dead. At FYI, one point. At one so point. that plays into. But they're dead no more. Yeah, that plays into it. Dead, uh, no more. We also see two characters uh, that completely stop Peter, uh, aka Spider-Man, cold in his tracks. One uh, that he did not imagine could possibly be alive, and then the other he did not imagine could possibly be alive. They are dead no more. You, you know what Jim Chum draws really well. Everything? Yep. Everything. You got it. Every single thing. Oh, Jim Chung is so good. He could draw this rubber band that we have on the table. He would draw it like a billion bucks. It would bucks. be so dynamic. Oh, my God. Um, before you get to talk about the backup story, yes. I just want to say Dan Slott is just a mad genius. Yep. All the plot lines he's been balancing, uh, all the stuff he's got in the air, the incredible cast. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man in general just feels like the biggest story we tell because everything ties back to everything. Everything Dan's been doing for years on this book keeps looping in on itself. The characters are everywhere. And it's just, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words to explain it. I will, I will hundred percent agree with that. Yes. But also, and this is a credit to Dan, to Devin Lewis, to Nick Lowe, to everyone who works on the Spider-Man books that they also feel fresh and inviting oh, for to sure. anyone who can... You don't have to have read the last nine, whatever, however many years Dan no. has worked on Spider-Man. But you'll want to. You you want to. But you can come in to a book like Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy, mm-hmm. and everything is laid out for you right there. Anything you need mm-hmm. to know is right there. You can go back and read all these stories and, and feel like you're getting all this extra stuff, but you don't need to. No. You can come in right here enjoy this issue and just dive right into the story yeah, absolutely which is a really hard thing to do very tough but dan's a master of it and like you said those guys are uh they're they're the tops yes um there's a backup story and it's awesome yeah so we've got a backup story by dan slot ron friends john dell and edgar delgado he was so excited dan i talked oh gosh, to him at yeah. new york comic-con he was so excited to have a story drawn by ron friends yep 
That was cool. Yeah. Uh, and it tells the, the tale of one of the characters who is dead no more. Oh, I wish we could just say who it is. I know. I don't want to. I know. I um, understand. Tells the story of how that character, of that character's death from their perspective, which was heartbreaking. Right. Well, because it's a very famous death. Maybe one of the most famous deaths in Marvel history yeah. from a perspective we've never seen. Like, this was historic. I mean, we've yeah. never had this perspective on this story. We've seen it from every other perspective. Yep. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, we see that character's death, their rebirth through uh, the Jackal's, you know, plans and machinations. Mm-hmm. Another character reborn. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. So much stuff's going We've on, got uh, a bunch more issues, uh, like like 14 more parts to Dead No More. I wish it was 80 more parts. Yeah. But so it, good. There's a lot of story coming up. It's going to cross into Amazing Spider-Man, Prowler, Silk, yep. uh, more issues of the Dead No More clone conspiracy on its own. So you could read just the clone conspiracy, Dead No More issues. There's five of them in total. Uh, you could pick up those. You're going to be good to go. But I would definitely suggest diving into Amazing Spider-Man, Prowler, and Silk. Yeah. Because you know, because like the creative teams on those are really great. All good. Um, it's just going to be a lot of fun to, mm-hmm. to see these stories from these perspectives. Yeah, very cool. The Punisher, number six, written by Becky Cloonan, art by Steve Dillon, color artists Frank Martin with Lee Duhigg. This is the aftermath of the first arc where Agent Ortiz is kind of trying to put her life back together after the death of her partner, but she clearly still wants to go after the Punisher and Condor. We had a flashback to Frank Castle's days in the Army working with Olaf, who's another guy we met here, and how they hooked up with Condor in the first place. Uh, Spoiler warning... There's a lot of blood, there's a lot of shooting, there's a lot of knives. It's drawn by Steve Dillon, who's very good at that. Um, but we get a sense of why Frank Castle and Olaf have the relationship they do. And then we have uh, an unexpected ending uh, that takes place in a graveyard, and it's uh, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got Thunderbolts number six. This is, I think, my favorite issue of the series so far. Yes. It's a lot of fun. Uh, written by Jim Zub, art by first Marvel art by Sean Izakse. All right, Sean. Hopefully, I didn't butcher your name. Um, colors by Matt Yaki, and art so good. There's a lot of personality, a lot of fun. There's just there's just great vibe to this book where you've got um, the Thunderbolts team who are a bunch of former ish criminals mm-hmm. uh, who are led by the Winter Soldier, who they they're trying to do good. They don't all have the best intentions. They also have Kobik, the living cosmic cube with them. She can Oof. do anything. She tends to do everything. Everything. And in the most, uh, in the worst ways. Yep. Um, Things don't work out well. But now they're stuck in the Arctic because they, you know, they're sort of trying to hide from S.H.I.E.L.D. in the world at large. And this issue puts them, the most of the team here, they've run out of supplies. They need stuff. Kobik has been told not to use her powers mm-hmm. to uh, to get them stuff. So they have to send um, Atlas and Mach, Mach 10? 10? I think he's a 10. Yeah, off on a, food, a supply run, which for them is a beer run. Uh, their closest uh, place is like 600 miles away. So it leads to some really fun bonding mm-hmm. moments between these longtime friends and, yep. and teammates, uh, Atlas and Mach 10. Really great stuff. But while they're away... You've got uh, Moonstone and the Fixer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Moonstone and the Fixer, they have a plan. They have a scheme. They want to manipulate Kobik. 
uh, they sort of trick her into doing some stuff and trying to trap her, which does not end well for them. No. Uh, we don't fully see everything that happens to them, but... We see enough. We see enough, and by the end, they are not quite the same as we left them, but when uh, when Atlas and Mach 10 left them, really interesting stuff. Uh, there's battles, there's explosions, but there's really just some fun stuff between the team, which leads us to right to the end, and where the heck is the Winter Soldier? Where is the Winter Soldier? Hmm... Finally, last but not least, we've got Uncanny Avengers number 15, written by Jerry Dugan, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by David Curiel. This is the beginning of the Going Rogue story arc, the Civil War II aftermath. Steve Rogers has ordered the Unity Squad to disband, but only Rogue and Deadpool know that. So when they find out that uh, Bruce Banner's body has been shanghaied by... Oh, there we go. He's in Shanghai again. It's been shanghaied by the Hand. They call in the rest of the team, say going to japan we are going to get it back we have a special guest star from deadpool's past who helps them go up against the hand uh beautiful art by pepe Larraz, just drawing the heck out of everything here um and it's interesting to see rogue and deadpool's relationship i'm really enjoying uh this budding friendship between the two of them the mutual respect brother voodoo gets to do some cool stuff dr voodoo sorry um wasp is in the mix human torch is in the mix synapse gets to use her powers very neatly quicksilver's around and they all uh they all do their best to prevent bruce banner from being risen by the hand do they succeed you're gonna have to keep reading to find out yeah i love that book that that it's was fun. a really fun issue really fun yeah all right we have to pick our uh our issue of the week for me it's clone conspiracy okay Okay. I, mean, okay. I just love that book. I, there was other great stuff. Dark yeah. Vader was great. Oh, yeah. Great Lakes Avengers was awesome. Final issue of Howard the Duck. Um, all sorts of good stuff. But I just, the Clone Conspiracy is just a whole nother level for yeah. me. I'm glad you picked that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm i going to cheat. I'm going to pick two. Mm -hmm. Howard the Duck and Darth Vader. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I would put Mosaic up there. Mosaic's pretty great. high for me, yep. too. Uh, along with, of course, Clone Conspiracy. Yeah. Oof. Amanda? Did you read these books yet? I read a fair few. Okay. Yeah. Fair few. Fair few. Hmm. Is that an expression? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, especially for the millennials. Uh, millennials are always I'd have like, to say I'm, no a, I'm one of the that. fair few. <laughs> Hashtag it. Uh, no. I <laughs> uh, and if you haven't noticed, I don't use Twitter very much. Yeah, no, I've no, noticed. I haven't. Yeah. Um, no, I'd have to say Deadpool 20, probably. Oh, all right. Yeah. Just because for yeah. me, I mean, that's probably the least likely superhero mm -hmm. that you would expect to thanks for making air quotes that people can't see yep. 100 <laughs> oh, yes. came across Good for air radio. quotes um that you would expect to kind of handle a situation like that but i also feel like he's probably the most i don't want to say qualified but there's like a sense of camaraderie because mm. he probably understands more so than a lot of others where that mindset is so for me that was really that was really cool well, yeah it's a great well, issue sniffles. yeah yeah really uh you earned your keep this week all right, collections on sale this week. All New X-Men, Inevitable Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars, Color Your Own, Star Wars, Dark Tower, The Drawing of the Three, Bitter Medicine, Extraordinary X-Men Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars, Marvel Universe According to Hembeck, Punisher Max, The Complete Collection Volume 3, Spirits of Vengeance, Rise of the Midnight Suns. I'm going to borrow. like 90s yeah. riff right there. Uh, I got to yeah. borrow that. 
I, I want to read that. I already took mine home. I've never read it before. I'll take John's. Yeah. Um, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Volume 2, Border Town. So good. And X-Men, Gambit and Rogue. No. <laughs> All right. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, Exiles, number 59, Ghost Rider 28 and 31, plus Ghost Rider, Blaze, Spirits of Vengeance, 1 through 6. So that gets you some of that Rise of the Midnight Suns action. Mm -hmm. uh, Morbius, the Living Vampire, number 1. Thing 1 through 22 from the 1980s run. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember that run. Uh, it was right after Marvel 2 and 1 ended. He got his own series. Cool. Thing and She-Hulk, The Long Night, number one. Thing Freak Show, 1 through 4. A lot of Thing. Yeah. And Web of Spider-Man, 95 and 96. Digital Collections on sale. All New X-Men Inevitable, Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars. Extraordinary X-Men, Volume 2, Apocalypse Wars. Spirits of Vengeance, Rise of the Midnight Suns, as we discussed. The Marvel Universe, According to Hembeck. Wolverine, Old Man Logan, Volume 2, Border Town, X-Men, Gambit, and Rogue, Exiles, Volume 10, Age of Apocalypse, Exiles, Volume 11, Timebreakers, Punisher War Journal Classic, Volume 1, Secret Invasion, Fantastic Four, and Secret Invasion, New Warriors. Yeah. Are freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited with A-Force, Number 4, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Number 4, All New, All Different Avengers, Number 8, All New Inhumans, Number 6, All New X-Men, Number 8, Amazing Spider-Man, Number 10, Avengers, The Coming of the Avengers, number one. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's a reprint of Avengers, number one. Okay, I great. with some extras and goodies. Cool. Avengers, The Terminatrix Objective? Yes. That is uh, Kang's lady becomes the Terminatrix. She's a big villain. And so War Machine, Thunderstrike, and U.S. Agent have to fight her. Naturally. Yeah, because it was the 90s. Wow. It was awesome. Awesome. I bet. Uh, Baby's first Deadpool book, mm -hmm. which I remember back in the day, that was such a hard book to find. Yeah. It's great, too, but it was so hard to find. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an older Deadpool issue. Yeah. I would definitely like check Joe, that out. Joe Kelly. Era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely check that out um, if you've never read it. Uh, Captain America, 75th Anniversary Magazine, number one. Daredevil, number negative one. Negative one. Okay. Flashback. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader, number 19. Deadpool, number 1,000. Deadpool Team Up number one, Deathlock one through four from 1990, and then Deathlock one through 15 from 1991. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number seven, Gwenpool number one. If you have been on the fence about Gwenpool, Ooh. get it in there. Get over the fence. Yeah. Hercules number six, Howard the Duck number six, Illuminati number six, Mockingbird number two, Moon Knight number one. Another great book. Yeah. Red Wolf number five, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number four. Silver Surfer, number three. Spider-Gwen, number seven. Spidey, number four. And Thanos, the Infinity Finale. It's another original graphic novel added to Marvel wow. Unlimited. Yep. A whole graphic novel in Marvel Unlimited. All for you. Wow. The price on that was probably nineteen ninety nine or more. Or more. And you could get it with your subscription to Marvel Unlimited. Very which, nice. remember, if you got your Marvel MasterCard, get yourself some 3% mm -hmm. cash back on that. So good. Uh, you know what? I think it's time for news. It's time for news! And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News! News! Comics news! As we kind of alluded to when we were talking about Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra survived, which is great news for all of us because we are now going to get an Aphra ongoing series Written by her co-creator, Karen Gillan. Beautiful art by Kev Walker. We showed some of the pages off this week. Uh, the announcement was made over by our friends at StarWars.com. Uh, we had a nice interview with Kev. 
Uh, lots of great stuff coming. I, this is the best possible news, I think. I think, uh, you know, Darth Vader coming to an end was a bummer, but knowing that Aphra and the droids and all their craziness are going to continue and Kieran gets to stay in the Star Wars universe and carve out a new character. I mean, it's just so crazy that this new character has caught on the point where now we can put a book out and it's like a new Star Wars book. Kieran must be going nuts. Yeah. It's the first ongoing Star Wars series featuring a character created in the new Marvel mm-hmm. comics. Yeah. Which big. is huge. Huge. Uh, it's great. Um, it also means more Black Chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the Wookiee. Evil Wookiee. Evil Wookiee bounty hunter. Evil Wookiee. And BT-88 and Triple Zero. Yep. Uh, BT-8 and Triple Zero. My favorites. Yeah, they're great. Murder bots. It's all good stuff. Uh, Kieran's going to do a great job with it. I cannot wait to see it. And Kev Walker draws the hell out of it. Uh, some news hungover from New York Comic Con. There's a new Nova series, uh, as I alluded to and talked about. It's going to be written by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. Ramon Perez is on the art. We've shown some art off. It looks great. It's my desktop background right now. I am counting down the days for Nova. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. Alex Wilder is coming back from Runaways. Wild thing. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, man. Just like Major Leagues. <sighs> leagues? League. There was, there was no plural. Oh, no? you mean just like in the, the, the film series? The two Major no one, Leagues. No one really counts the anything two major past the first. Is, yeah. There were three. There I were think. three? I think there was. I feel like there's there a third. Two. I know there was a second there's one. There's definitely a second one. I feel like second there's a third. Second one with third. no Wesley Snipes. I feel like there's a third. It's like it's like the Police Academy 7 of the series. Like, mm, yeah, no one really cares. Really count. All right, fair enough. Getting back to uh, Power Man and Iron Fist, uh-huh. Alex Wilder's showing up. It's going to be awesome. Uh, he's coming in the midst of a gang war involving Black Cat, Tombstone, and a whole bunch of other characters. Uh, it's going to be called Harlem Burns. The arc looks fantastic. Thunderbolts, Kurt Busick and Mark Bagley, who created the Thunderbolts some odd years ago, are reuniting and they're bringing Jolt, their fan favorite character from their original run, back with them. That's going to be super cool. Squirrel Girl, celebrating 25 years of being Squirrel Girl. Amazing. Big plans for uh, the series there from Ryan North and Erica Henderson, who we talked to on Marvel Live uh, over the weekend. You guys, of course, should head over to Marvel's YouTube page to catch all the interviews with all the great comics, movie, TV talent, etc. Finally, Deadpool the Duck. Deadpool the Duck. Stuart Moore's new limited series uh, where we get a mashup of Howard the Duck and Deadpool. I'm sure it's going to sell like hotcakes. I mean, it's Deadpool and Howard Deadpool the Duck. It's Deadpool and Howard the Duck, man. Give it to me right now. Yeah. Jacopo Comagni. Jacopo Comagni is on the art. On art? Yeah. yeah. And I love Stuart Moore. He's oh, great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Over in games, Contest of Champions, uh, we talked a lot with them this weekend at New York Comic Con, and uh, one of the two characters they were using for their challenge, Phoenix, is now available in the game. Great. Uh, we also announced at the Marvel Games digital download digital panel that uh, we're going to have Doctor Strange content coming mm-hmm. to six Marvel titles. Six. Yeah. Big Doctor Strange event across so many games. I believe it's Contest of Champions, Champions Future Fight, Puzzle Quest, Zoom Zoom, Avengers Academy, and Marvel Heroes 2016. Marvel Heroes 2016. We did it. We did all six. We got it. We do a lot of games, you know? It's it's a lot. Yeah. I saw you were only level five in Marvel Simpson. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not... Not your game. No, it's not my game. I, I'm not I'm not taking to it. 
I, I enjoy it. I enjoy playing it, but I'm, it's literally, this is not like a, oh, I'm, I'm not digging it, so I'm not playing it. I'm just not good at it. I can admit it. Okay. I'm not very good at Marvel Sim Sim. That's fair. Hey, my name is Ben, and I'm not very good at Marvel Sim Sim. Yeah. I'm real good it's at it. It's a great game. Yeah, I know. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Great. All right. Let's... Great. 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 <laughs> Uh, and uh, Strami and Christine will talk about it Uh, the awesome uh, Loot Crate Gear and Goods um, uh, crate Mm -hmm. but we announced and revealed at Comic Con this past week Mm -hmm. that one of the items in the crate is the Doctor Strange lounge robe oh my god Yeah, someone was wearing that out over the weekend yeah it's in my office right now I censored myself so uh, Blake wouldn't have to cut it later terrific yeah all right. It's in your office? Yeah. Why aren't you wearing it around the office? I, I, I took a picture with it in right. the office. You should wear it around the office. I know. You look good. Yeah. Damn good. Yeah. All right. Let's kick it over to the West Coast. Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel Gear and Goods Crate for the Ultimate Marvel Fan. This crate will feature official Marvel items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every other month. Our first theme is Mystics, featuring Marvel's greatest mages, sorcerers, and other magic wielders like Doctor Strange, the Scarlet Witch, and Iron Fist. You have until November 1st at 9pm to get the Mystics crate, and when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Sign up today at LootCrate.com Marvel, and if you go to LootCrate.com MarvelPod and use promo code MarvelPod, you can save $3 off your Marvel Gears and Goods subscription today. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Assistant editor Christine Den. And you're joining us on the tour bus for the Stromstein Steel Wheels tour from Canada. My German accent slipped into Canadian when I... You know what? We had New York Comic Con this past weekend. Let's talk about that. Um, New York Comic Con. Uh, what was some of the big news? Big news. Uh, Defenders. Big news. Marvel's The Defenders. We brought uh, The Defenders out on stage for the very first time with a, all together. With an awesome guest. With an awesome guest. Well, we'll get there. All right. Okay. <laughs> we brought out The Defenders. And that's, you know, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil. Christian Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones. Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage. And Finn Jones who plays Iron Fist. And at the end, we had a little special surprise. We brought out Sigourney Weaver, who we announced. She's been in some films. Some yeah, people might no big know deal. Her. She's going to be the big bad. She plays, she plays, uh, she played this woman named Ridley. Ripley? Rid- no, Ridley, who directed Blade Runner. She played a woman named Ridley who directed... But that joke went so far off the rail. Uh, anyway, yes, she'll be playing the villain in Marvel's The Defenders. Excited. Uh, coming soon. Yeah, 2017. Only on Netflix. Exclusively. Um, so that happened. That wasn't the only news out of that panel. Uh, John Bernthal stopped by. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and he brought out a special guest with him, namely Deborah Ann Wall, who plays Karen Page. Uh, of course, in Marvel's Daredevil. And now we found out she will also be reprising her role as Karen Page in Marvel's The Punisher. Yeah, because season two, we saw that she was the only one who was able to connect with his character. 
Yeah, which I don't, you know, I mean, kind of disturbs me for Karen's mental well-being, but... Uh, well, as long as she doesn't get to, you know, Matt Murdock, I just don't ship that relationship at all. What is wrong with you? They're, I, they're like... No, I'm all about uh, Daredevil and Elektra. He has to mourn about the loss of Elektra. I'm just not into Karen Page at all. I just don't know what to do with you. How do you just become a how journalist did, how did with this, a corner how, office in one day? Oh well, no, we're talking about. I'm talking about Karen Page and Daredevil. They're 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 like the they're like made for each other no, in the comics. She could be with Foggy. No, but no, that's like that's like nope. No, no one tops only, Electra. The only person who could maybe possibly come close to topping Karen Page is Kirsten McDuffie and story. I'm just not into Karen Page. Don't mess. With my daredevil. My opinion is right about everything. <laughs> no, I am all about Electra. No, no. Electra is like... I mean, I want the kind of relationship where you just break into like a mansion, mash glasses all the time, and they just get each other. Uh, okay, great. We're moving on. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned for my safety at this moment, but you know. They just um, got each other. Oh, sure. Yeah. They... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so... Deborah Mall, Gumby and Marvel's The Punisher. Uh, oh, we also debuted a well, not the, not your very first look at Marvel's Avengers because we had a little bit of a, it's like tease a longer out of teaser. San Diego Comic Con, but this was more of like a true teaser trailer that gave you a little hint of what is coming up in the show uh, when it premieres only on Netflix March seventeenth, twenty seventeen, which will be here sooner than. You think? Yep. Oh my god, that's only four months away. Uh, or I guess it's five months. Um, what else? I think that was all for Netflix news. What else happened? On the live action front, uh, we had a great video where the cast of Marvel's Agents oh, of yep. S.H.I.E.L.D., specifically Clark Gregg, Chloe Bennett, and Gabriel Luna, Gabriel Luna went undercover in costume. Uh, Clark wore a truly terrible Ghost Rider <laughs> uh, costume. It was awesome. Uh, Chloe was... Rocket. 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 And uh, Gabe was Star-Lord. Star-Lord. And the three of them uh, were on the floor and talked to Marvel fans and Marvel cosplay. And they had no idea they were talking to the cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is pretty great. <laughs> uh, and now we can kick you over to Marvel Animation. Uh, Marvel Animation at the panel, we had a really cool announcement. We'll have a new Spider-Man series called Marvel Spider-Man. Yep. Which will debut sometime next year. Soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Soon. Soon. Yeah. Soon-ish. Soon. Sometime between now and later, it will debut. Fans got to watch the premiere of Marvel's Hulk, Where Monsters Dwell. Yes. And that is available for everyone next week, where you get your digital copies. Yep, it'll be available, you know, you can buy it digitally, iTunes, Amazon, Amazon. you know, wherever it is you purchase your, your digital moving picture shows you will be able to find uh hulk where monsters dwell on october 21st he'll get some help from dr strange in it yeah and the uh and the howling command i don't know are they called the howling commands it's the howling commands from the most recent comic book where it's like yeah man thing that's what we're calling them in this it is all yeah. right cool so we get you, you got all those creatures it's great uh well so didn't you debut some uh we have no idea how we're gonna make it through this week folks it's wednesday and we are well, delirious. coming apart at the seams <laughs> what, what else what else do we have to cover i think all right what else did we post this week um of course we have a new episode of marvel's agents of shield next tuesday at 
10 um, p.m. 10, 9 central on ABC. Uh, if you saw the preview for next week's episode, you know that uh, uh, Robbie Reyes has a run-in with Mac and Colson that results in a chase. Uh, <laughs> and actually, I'll be the next episode of Forging Marvel Shield. Half of it will cover that car chase sequence. Not the part in the L.A. Riverbed, but a different part. Uh, so you get to see how some of that was made, but we'll talk more about that next week. So other than that, all I can say is that this episode is pretty explosive. Once you once you see the episode, you will understand what I mean. This week we also posted a new episode of This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I talked with Natalia Cordova Buckley, because of course uh, this week's episode was very focused on yo yeah, yeah. Her, which uh, is delightful as always, you can listen to it. Hopefully, by the time we post this, we will also it will post be up that tomorrow morning. We are, we are, we're, we're sort of, we're sort of running, but we got a lot going on over here, folks. Lots of cool stuff coming up that we can't tell you about yet, but uh, uh, we, we are, we are definitely cooking. Um, I don't even know if I'm being coherent anymore. Uh, with that, we will have some interviews with the cast of marvel's luke cage going up on our youtube channel in the next few days so keep an eye out for that uh blake garris in new york did a interview with simone missick who plays uh misty knight in the show and i posted that for him on his behalf you can find that on marvel.com and well oh last week late last week we uh we revealed that forrest whitaker uh, right. join, is joining the cast of Marvel's Black Panther, along with several other folks. Uh, you can read all about that on Marvel.com. Uh, I feel like we posted some stuff from Doctor Strange. We had two new... No, we did post... I know, yeah, I, posted, new, yeah. I posted a new featurette on Doctor Strange. This is how we do these things, folks. From very poor memories. Uh, the weeks are blurring together. You can, you can. The closer we get to movies, and once we're in TV production time, it's just one really fast blur. You can watch that featurette on uh, our YouTube channel on Marvel.com. Check it out. It's all about sort of the comic origins of Strange and the influences of like Steve Ditko's crazy psychedelic art on the film itself. Um, check all that out. And of course, Marvel's Doctor Strange in theaters November fourth, which is coming up. Uh, three weeks. Three away? weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Three weeks away, so you don't have very long to wait for that. I think that's it. I think that's all we got. I think that's all we got. Christine will be back very shortly, talking with um, Harrison Wilcox. Harrison and probably some of those uh, other hooligans. What we got this weekend? We have Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six Part Two of the Spider Slayers. Spider Slayers! Yes, so that will be on Saturday night. Look, I want to go home, so we're going to end this. Okay. Okay? So, thank you all for listening again. Uh, Stay tuned. More from Christine and the guys back in New York shortly. Until then, Stromstein out! This is Christine Din, assistant editor of Marvel.com. I'm here with the animation team, Harrison Wilcox and Carrie Rosenberg, to talk about Ultimate Spider-Man vs. Sinister Six. It's part two of the Spider Slayers. Where we left off last week was Spider-Man and Scout Spider were trying to figure out who were all these Spider-Man clones, and they ended up finding Doc Ock. They need to go to Arnim Zola, who has crashed uh, along with Hydra Island and has been trapped uh, at the bottom of the ocean. 
since we last saw him many episodes ago. We get to see, uh, you know, a very unusual team up in this episode. We know why Scarlet Spider is chasing down Zola, but why is Doc Ock chasing down Zola? Uh, Doc Ock and uh, and Hydra have, uh, at the beginning of the season, they were working together. That relationship fell apart with uh, uh, Crossbones uh, putting uh, a hit on Ock and uh, the Carnage symbiote getting on Ock. And so that broke the partnership between uh, Hydra and Doc Ock. So now Zola and Hydra and Doc Ock are on, uh, are, are just as much enemies as uh, they are with Spider-Man. So uh, Doc Ock and, and Spider-Man and Scarlet Spider have put aside their differences and now are actually teaming up against uh, a common foe. And this is the first time uh, Spider-Man's biggest villain, Doc Ock, and he have actually uh, worked together. So there's some interesting character play going on there. Awesome. And Zola has uh, taken something of Doc Ock, so he's going to the Hydra Island, the sunken Hydra Island, to recover it. Awesome. So what are some of the key players in this episode? Well, we have Doc Ock, mm-hmm. Scarlet Spider, uh, Arnim Zola, and we have uh, uh, a team of, of spiders called the Spider Slayers that this arc is named after. And they are... Uh, Bone Spider, Goliath Spider, and Ghost Spider, spider, thank you. (laughs) Uh, What can you tell me about these Spider Slayers? Um, They're Synthesoids, and they are out to kill Spider-Man. Oh, can I say that? They're out to hurt Spider-Man, destroy (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. They all have different powers, makes them unique that sort of relates to their name. Bone Spider has these uh, retractable claws. Goliath Spider can turn to metal, and Ghost Spider can go intangible. And they were sort of like the secret uh, Weapon S uh, program. We took inspiration uh, from certain parts of the comics for this, and it turns out they are uh, related to Scarlet Spider in a uh, in a very interesting way that we'll find out about in this episode. Awesome. So for all the fans tuning in, check it out this Saturday evening, 8 p.m. on Disney XD. Do you guys want to talk about all the news that came out of New York Comic Con? Uh, there's a lot of very exciting news. My personal favorite is the Haley Atwell news for uh, Avengers Secret Wars for Season 4. We'll be seeing uh, Peggy Carter uh, and Howard Stark in a uh, fun time travel story uh, where they come to present day uh, and have an adventure with uh, Cap and Iron Man. And that's sort of of all the news, there's a lot to cover, but that was my. That's, that's awesome what I'm most excited yeah. about, and Carrie and I. Especially because I really love Agent Carter. <laughs> yes, everyone loves Agent Carter. Yep. Carrie and I worked on that story a while ago, so it's really cool to see it uh, actually come out into the world. Mm-hmm. And um, a cool bit for fans who attended that panel, they got to see a clip from graduation day from the end of Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six. Yes, and that'll be airing next year. And that's the big finale for Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, it, it's a very big, feels like a movie. It's a very yeah. awesome two-parter. So definitely uh, people should get start getting excited for that now. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Questions and comments. Questions and comments. Questions and comments from you. Rat, terrific, terrific. So much stuff that they talked about, but now oh, it's time. Wow, you guys are just killing it. Stromine, Christine, man, I don't even remember the Wolfman. 
Although, uh, are we still using the same? Uh, oh yeah, we we, we haven't had music. Time to get new music. Okay, fine. Yep. Sorry, those of you who are confused. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, time for this week in Marvel questions and comments. We pulled them in from the Twitter using hashtag Les Twitter. Les Twitter. Hashtag this week in Marvel. Hmm. Or we have a couple of emails that came in. You guys can send emails using uh, the email address twimpodcast at marvel.com. T W I M P O D C A S T at marvel.com. Yeah. All right. First up is Chris Alexander says, I'm a little behind in my reading, but Black Panther 6 has the best quote in it. Quote, but one should know one's enemies well, and one should know one's de- one's down frailties too, of which we have many. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, Tanahashi Coates is quickly becoming one of my favorite writers ever. Hashtag brilliant. Hashtag keep him forever. We're working on it. Yeah. We're trying. He's great. Yeah. He uh, met Christopher Priest this weekend. Oh, yeah. You did that it interview. It was an amazing moment. We did. We uh, Blake and I set it up. So we had Christopher Priest waiting around the corner. We were talking to Tanahashi. We asked him who his influences were. And he said, oh, Christopher Priest. And started, you know, waxing poetic about how great Christopher Priest is. That's when I gave the signal to Blake. Blake brought Christopher Priest around the corner. They met. Tanahasi geeked out. It was tremendous. We have it all on video. It's all on video. A Marvel YouTube channel. Check that out because it's a really fun, sweet moment. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Yeah. Uh, Florian Berg, let's make them the team of the future. Hashtag champions. Go champions. A lot of enthusiasm for the champions. Hell yeah. That's another uh, great interview we did this week. We spoke to... Uh, Humberto Ramos, who is just having the time of his life drawing champions. He seems so excited, so motivated. He loves working with Mark Wade again. He loves drawing teenagers. It is all good. Yeah. Gay comic guy. Got my Marvel Unlimited plus goodie box. Great variant comics. Black Panther number one. Cool Captain Marvel figure. And pins. And pins. And pins. Oh, Amanda, good. are you old enough to know that reference? No. Oh, what is, what is this reference? That that's kind of a tough one. I don't. She might. I don't know if that's what, an what age thing. What is it thing. referencing? It's a beer commercial. Because that's not that old. Thor's light is like yeah. and twins. Yeah, I don't. You know? I don't think it was uh, that. It circulated it's the a beer worst, commercial. cheesiest thing, but it's so funny to yeah. think about. Yeah, that makes me laugh. Ha, go, go look ha, it up. Ha. Go look it up on your computer when you yep. get, when you get done here. All right, Hayden Sane tweets, uh, Insane comic of the day is Death of X number one. An mm. emotional X-Men and human story with a sick Godfather ending. Like, Can't wait for more. What does that mean, Godfather ending? As we know, I've only recently seen The Godfather, so. I don't know how it really... Does it end with death and <laughs> tragedy? <laughs> it's spo- spoiler on The Godfather uh, from the 1970s. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I guess. I don't know. HWView, Haywood, W, Blake Garris, you can't let the streak end. Can't you do... Oh, this is when he was upset that we weren't doing a live This Week in Marvel at New York Comic Con. I asked if we could do it at the Marvel booth. We did not. The streak is dead. Uh, it's just like when Goldberg lost to Kevin Nash at Starcade back in 1998. Exactly the we, same. This is the beginning of the end for uh, everything. Pick of the week for 928 is Luke Cage for Netflix. Just all around fun. Bullets, babes, and many bam moments. Haywood's got a way with words. He really I does. Love it. I he's, love a words, it. he's a wordsmith. It's great. I, I, my one regret is well, I didn't see Haywood this year. Last year I rode the 7 train with Haywood back from New York Comic Con to uh, 
to Times Square, and we had a delightful conversation. I saw him real briefly at, at one year. of the panels, so I got I got my you got your Haywood view. fix. Totally. My pick for 10-5 is Champions Number 1. Wade and Ramos are a great combo, and this is the stuff that makes comics fun. Yeah. <laughs> Henning Mertens says... What's up with Miracle Man by Neil, Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham? Long time no solicitation. I've got no answers. Yeah, um, someone else asked me on yeah, Twitter today. I, I don't know where that book is. Uh, I'll put it this way. We've waited like decades for it. If we have to wait a few more months, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. We want it. You want it. We'll Hopefully get it. Hopefully we'll get it. We'll get there. Yeah. Yep. Gotta believe. Jacob what? Cordaway says, oh, you want to read this one, Sniffles? <laughs> there, you can read this one. Yes. He says, the podcast was great. Didn't hear any sniveling. Boom. Uh, sound was great this week. <laughs> Loved RRNG. Ten for the win. What does RRNG stand for? I have for? no idea. Rocket oh, Raccoon God. and Rocket Raccoon and Groot. Okay, Get that makes a clue, sense. Sniffles. Right. Yeah. I'm not into those initialisms. And initialisms? That's initialisms? Not, that is, is that, not is a, that a word. Thing? Is that a millennial term? No, it's because most people misuse acronym because that's... When, like, acronym? Yeah, like an acronym. Acronym? Yeah, so NASA, right? Okay, I, yeah, I'm familiar an, with them. Yes, but like CIA is an initialism because of the the abbreviation doesn't form a word. What? Yeah. Oh Boom. Knowledge. That's all those mm. degrees getting put to good use. Um, are you are you even a millennial? Or are you too young to be a millennial? I'm technically a millennial. I'm technically a millennial. Yeah. I'm technically a millennial, but I don't consider myself one. I'm watching Survivor Gen X versus Millennials. Hell is that? You know, oh, like the show the, Survivor. The, that's still on. Yeah, dude, it is intense, and it's uh, the show is Millennials versus Gen X. It's so freaking funny. Yeah. Um, it's just like the millennials are like the cookie cutter millennials, where they're just like, hey, let's just hang out on the beach and have a good time, and the the Gen X people are all like, oh, we need to get fish and we need to get wood, and it's just great. So there's a free plug for Survivor. <laughs> uh, if you're not watching, yeah. Johnny Vinyl, Turk Barrett would be so lovable in these Netflix shows if it weren't for the whole human trafficking thing from Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's, that's, that's a tough one to overcome. Uh, the Deadpool expansion to Marvel Legendary came out, and one of the villains is Macho Gomez. Yeah. Who the hell is Macho Gomez? Macho Gomez was a Daniel Way creation from back uh, from the Daniel Way era of Deadpool. I remember he showed up in one of Scotty Young's mm -hmm. Rocket Raccoon books, yeah. too. I think in Great the issue villain. where... They talk about Planet Panagos. Oh, yeah. If I, if I may be so bold. You may be so bold. Yeah. Planet Panagos. I would like to go there. I'm there all it's the time, guys. It's a wonderful place. It's the dopest. Joshua Cooper says, uh, well, hold on. Macho Gomez, he's like an mm -hmm. alien. He's an alien villain. Bound, I don't know, pirate? He's really hunter. weird looking. I think he's, he's, a, I think he's, he's a mercenary. Character. Yeah, you can check him out in uh, Old Deadpool and Rocket Raccoon. Yes, in, in some issue of Rocket Raccoon that we don't remember. Yes. The number of. Joshua Cooper says, Picked up the first Vision trade today because Viv is the only champion I don't know and because the guys at This Week in Marvel said I should. Nice. Hope you enjoyed it, we Josh. We want to know what you feel about yeah, it, Josh. Let, let us know. Send, send it back this way. Yeah. Uh, he says, Spider-Man 11, Grace. Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman 11, thank you. Gray suit Spider-Woman is now my favorite gray suited anything. Nice. Wow. Gray suit spider I mean, it's a great costume. And put it in grayscale, looks even better. Grayscale Archangel, grayscale Captain Marvel. Yep. There's a lot of grayscale characters. I like grayscale Captain Marvel a lot. Really that might good. be my favorite. Yeah. Um, that was when we were doing Time Runs Out mm -hmm. and all the Avengers were in their, their grayscale 
uniforms. Yeah, yeah Captain Marvel is probably my favorite. But totally. Spider-Woman's new costume, pretty good too. Yeah. Josh says, interested to see how this week in Marvel team handles Captain America Steve Rogers number five, all of the revelations for Civil War two. We tried to skirt around it. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty good. Because we wanted to keep that, because that's full of, <laughs> yeah. full of stuff yeah. about Civil War. Yeah, we're pretty good at uh, skirting. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Just let it simmer. Joshua says, "I've been waiting for Ms. Marvel 11 since the series, since the sides for Civil War 2 were revealed." Mm. Hashtag Twim of the Week. Hashtag All the Feels. Ms. Marvel's first heroic. And speech. at just me for some reason. <laughs> Ms. Marvel's first heroic speech, and she knocks it out of the park. Champions is the most exciting book in Marvel now. Bold, I mean, Joshua. That's a bold hot take, given that Champions is one of like two Marvel Now books out. At the time, yeah, it was that, that and Jessica Jones. So he's basically belly. just dissing Jessica Jones. Wait, wait, burying wait. Jessica Jones. He says, "Sweet Christmas, Jessica Jones." Number one was was good. So excited to see where it's headed. Well, but not the most exciting book in Marvel now. What we know <laughs> is that Joshua likes Marvel now. Yeah, big fan of Marvel now. Marvel now is so far so good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Pretty great. Pretty good. Killer Squirrel, Dirty Lash, wonders which of these to trim beard into. Suggestions welcome. He's looking at the Beards of Marvel that we had at the Marvel booth. Mm. Uh, I would say go for the Fandral. I take a little bit of a... I have an issue with his Beards of Marvel board that we, uh, my team did not put Why, together. No we have one that we put together mm-hmm. that they didn't use. Uh, we're going to use it on social at some point. Yeah. But we changed it because I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience put something up that said Beards of Marvel when some of them were just... A mustache. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a mustache. It's beards, etc. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's stick, what we said. We stick said. to your guns. Yeah, I keep will. your integrity. Always. Mm-hmm. You know me. Integral. Yes. Kyle Charles has a bunch. Johnny Timpulse. He says the mighty Thor just keeps getting better. Keeps getting better. Agreed. So the last issue of International Iron Man was pretty sad, but ended on a happy note. Tony's real mum seems nice. Mum. Hopefully, we'll mom. see more of her. I I think we're gonna see more of her in. Invincible Iron Man, because when International Iron Man ended, it said to be continued in Invincible Iron Man. Great. So I, I imagine we've not seen the last of her. Yeah. Bendis is still writing Iron Man. He just created this character. It would be really weird if he didn't use her. Yeah. Really weird. Uh, Strange. <laughs> Kyle says, Scott Lang can never catch a break. Poor guy. The new future in Spider-Man 2099 is so awesome, and the end of the last issue had me like, whoa, <laughs> is he still alive? Or no, how, how is he still, still alive? alive? You like that? In yeah. stereo. In in stereo. Stereo. That's not how stereo works. Two episodes in and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is killing it. Ghost Rider is awesome. I loved Robbie Reyes in the comics. Yeah. Totally. Ghost Rider is so awesome on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Did you see that uh, video of them dressing up in costume oh at Comic-Con? Yeah. Just great. If you haven't seen it, it's on our YouTube page. It's on YouTube, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. It's the Check it out. Uh, we had Clark Gregg, Chloe Bennett, and uh, Gabriel, Luna. Gabriel Luna dress up as uh, characters and go and interview fans about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. and then reveal themselves of who they were. Clark Gregg doing like a great, I think it was like Brooklyn did, accent yeah, or like something. A, I think it was like a Boston accent. No, it wasn't. Yeah. wasn't a Boston accent. I think it was. No, it wasn't. No. It was New You're York, from New York, Arizona. Arizona. You don't know. I wouldn't know. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, it was great. It's really, really fun video. Mm-hmm. We're very happy with it. Uh, Kyle says, the end of Black Panther was super awesome. I guess that was the last issue. Uh, happy belated wedding anniversary to me. Hey. What is your wedding Aww. anniversary? My wedding anniversary is coming up on October 24th. Nice. Yes. Look at that. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Kyle says, have to wait five issues to see what happens in Deadpool 2099. Why must you play with my feelings, Jerry Duggan? That's what Jerry Duggan does. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a nightmare. 
Mm-hmm. Kyle says, it's so sad that Nova has finished. It was such a good book, and the last page was dope. And then he says, Ben Morris must be super happy. Not about the cancellation of Nova, but about the rebirth of Nova. Yeah. And me and Devin Lewis were talking at the uh, Marvel Party after New York Comic Con. We were talking all about Nova and talking about how he's a big Sam Alexander fan and I'm a big Rich Rider fan. And this book is going to be the best of both of them. Uh, we had a great interview with Ramon Perez. That was one of my favorite interviews we did. Yeah, he was wonderful. Um, he was excited. We got to talk about the villains. We got to talk a little Diamond Head, a little Sphinx. And then you made me stop talking about Nova. Yeah. Which was well deserved. Yeah. Kyle says, Vision 11 made me sad. Poor puppy. Ugh. Mm, stabbed me right in the about face that heart. Nice. Uh, issue 9 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was awesome. Good to see Grey Malkin again. Everyone loves seeing Grey Malkin <laughs> yeah. again. Even if I can't remember his powers, Kyle I, says. You know what? I don't either. Yeah. I think he's strong. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Kyle says he would like to thank Cullen Bunn and CM Punk for making Drax such an enjoyable book. It shall be missed. Agreed. Did I tell you what Punk said to me when he was there? Mm -mm. So I'm like taking a break from the live cast and uh, Punk just wanders over and he goes, you look tired. You look like beat. And I just go big thumbs up and smile and I go, thanks buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny you should say that because a couple years ago I was at like a SummerSlam party or Mm -hmm. something and I saw him and I was like, this was when he was champ Mm -hmm. and he was running hard, Mm -hmm. like really bad. I was like, Man, you look tired. And he just, he was like, oh, don't say that to people. Yeah. And I was like, there you go. And I thought about that. I was like, well, Phil. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. That's great. The pot calling the kettle black. He had a lot of fun. He yeah, uh, he, was great. he hosted our did a phenomenal uh, job. Yeah, he hosted slash moderated the 25th anniversary of the Infinity Saga panel mm-hmm. with Jim Starlin, uh, and he's great. Yeah, we love him. Uh, Kyle says when Evan and Idy threw up the too sweet in all new X Men, hmm. he totally marked out BC for life. I think he's saying because for life. Okay, Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, after reading Captain America, Sam Wilson, I have come to the conclusion that Steve Rogers is a sneaky sis. Is that a thing? I sneaky feel like sis? It's probably... Um, millennial? Yeah, or Britishism. Oh, all right. You know? Mm-hmm. Millennial? Can we confirm that? Unless they're referencing, like, Drake and Josh, the little sister that plays all these pranks on them. Super sneaky, but I... This is just, this is a nightmare. Let's get off of this. All right, almost over Kyle's area. He says, <laughs> Captain America, Steve Rogers. Steve is going down a dark path. Very sneaky, <laughs> sis. Well, that, I so, love this. I really want to use sneaky, sis now. Very sneaky, sis is from an old hip-hop song. Mm. Oh, it's going to bother me so much. There you mm. go. That's your reference. <laughs> anyway, Kyle says, the ending in Ms. Marvel gave me all the feels. Poor, Poor Kamala. Kamala. Mr. The Benster. I like this one. Hey, it's Horizon Labs' fourth anniversary. All the best to the guys and gals who make up this wonderful group. Happy anniversary, Horizon Labs. Yeah, happy anniversary, kids. We love Horizon Labs. Uh, Quentin Tice says, I've started watching WWE because of y'all. It's Brill, yo. Bailey Squirrel Girl team up. Do it. We've never talked to Bailey on a podcast or anything like that. I think we should. She wore an Iron Man outfit one time. Mm, Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, So Bear Boar Guy is totally a nod South Park's Man Bear Pig, right? Deadpool Cartman crossover. Do it. Well, Quentin Tice has a lot of ideas of what he wants us to do. Luke Cage Fat Boys team up. Do it. It's a lot of orders. Um, okay, we got Ref Gemlin. Says, please tell me there is going to be an album of the songs from Luke Cage. The music is awesome. I believe there is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, the LP, the vinyl is available. I don't even know. It might be sold out, but I think they're going back to print uh, Mondo. Yeah. 
Um, you can check them out. They have an amazing vinyl version mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could also listen to it on pretty much wherever you get your music. Mm-hmm. You can check it out. It's great stuff. More from Raf Gamblin. Verizon Labs is four years old today. Four continents, nine countries, 25 U.S. states, and over 80 lab rats. It's all thanks to This Week in Marvel. Now you guys you guys did it yourself. We're very proud. Yeah. So uh, having done just a quick bit of research, mm. the pretty, mm. it's pretty sneaky, sis, from Connect a Connect 4 commercial. But oh. I know I heard it. Oh, my it God. That's like right. Hip-hop uh, Wow. Song. Connect 4. That's a fun game. I'm not going to lie. Thanks for not lying. Wow, I'm um, glad you whispered yeah. that. Thanks for your on- thanks for your brutal honesty about Connect Four. <laughs> Two months behind on this week in Marvel. What? Having taken a time out to binge on Bowery Boys, which is technically Twim's fault. Okay. Yes. Catch I'll up time. It. Yeah, not bad. Happy I wasn't the only one pleasantly surprised about the broker when reading the MCU guidebook to Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't remember what that's in reference to, but I'm sure it was excellent. Uh, looking forward to Doctor Strange and Punisher Magic Bullets. Haven't seen it on the app yet. 11th of October. When's it due? Uh, I want to say next week. I could okay. be wrong. It's written by John Barber. Yeah. Marvel editor. Good guy. Yeah. Very good guy. Catching up on this week in Marvel with Tom Brevoort discussing Civil War II. Ben's romance bromance line was good. Made me chuckle. I don't even remember what I said. But it was probably great. Just pumping out so much gold, it's it's impossible yeah. to remember it all. Uh, Robert RCS underscore T says two great things that go great together this week in Marvel and training for the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. He says thanks, Ryan and Ben. Nice. You're welcome, Robert. Yeah, I'll see Good you luck. out there. Good luck. Yeah, you go to uh, RunDisney.com if you want to sign up. Run the the you could still sign up for the 10K, possibly also the half marathon mm. or the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. I have to run nine miles on Saturday. Hey, it's gonna be something. Mm. And then. My that wife and I are horrible. going on some Brooklyn graveyard tour, this great thing at Greenleaf Cemetery, which is wonderful. We did it last year. Oh, cool. But I'm going to have to do that after having run nine miles in the morning. Good, good fun. <laughs> and I'm going to a hardcore show the night before with a friend. So what is wrong with you? It's going to be a, it's gonna be a Saturday. Did I tell you I'm going to Disneyland on Halloween? No. Yeah, I'm going oh, to Disneyland cool. on Halloween. Nice. See what it's all like. That sounds way more fun and less tiring than... Yeah, your, yeah, but yeah. It's, but the nine miles is better for you. But I get to go to Disneyland ah. for like four days. Yeah, when I'm there for the Avengers exactly. for the superheroes half marathon weekend. Exactly. So, huh? It all works. But yes. you're running, so it's I not am. as it's not as fun. I am. Yeah. Uh, Robert says, "Welcome to the show." Sometimes, Amanda, enjoy your input to the show. Welcome to the team. She's doing stuff that you guys can't see again. <laughs> she like blushed and, yeah. and like. Uh, just a Did bright shade of red. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. Did a little tee hee. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Robert, RSC, RCST. That's who I just did. That's who you just did. Yep. Other Robert, Robert, Captain Rogers 44. First time giving me my pick of the week. Got to go to Jessica Jones number one. Great to see her back in her own book. I agree. Thank you, Robert, for chiming in. Yep. Let absolutely. us know. We love hearing from you guys, first timers. Raph AB, okay. Luke Cage gets the hallway fight 2016 runner-up title. Hard to beat the Punisher, to be honest. Daredevil is third. We did share an Iron Fist hallway fight scene uh, this past week. Hallway fight scene, of course, the staple of all Netflix series. I just hashtagged it Marvel hallway fight. That's awesome. You know, I love it. Let's let's do it. The cold opening of episode five, just to get a rep, is amazing. Hashtag Luke Cage. Hashtag Horizon Labs. Let me get this straight. In Luke Cage, is a reference to Method Man's nickname, inspired by another Marvel hero. Oh, I forgot what Math's na- other nicknames are. I yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, otherwise, I don't understand that quote. 
Yeah, yeah, I think Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, most of the Wu-Tang have, I think a lot of the Wu-Tang have Marvel references mm-hmm. as nicknames or just tons of references in their music. Yeah. Also, shout out to Zarface. Yep. Uh, we had them on the live show. And um, I believe Ghostface is in Zarface. Yeah. I think. Or is it Inspector Deck? He wasn't there. No, it's Inspector Deck. Inspector Deck. It is. Yeah, he wasn't there, so I didn't get to meet him. But I started listening to Zarface, and they're amazing. Yeah. It just reminds me of the hip-hop that I listened to when I was growing up. I interviewed Prodigy from Mob, Be- Mob Deep, and we talked about um, food you can cook while in prison. Mm. You know, mm. so I had a lot to contribute yeah. to that conversation. Uh, still on Raph AB, funny that Jessica Drew in the Jessica Jones comic looks a lot like Kristen Ritter. Hmm. could see that. Kinda? Maybe. A little bit, yeah. Maybe, kind of, maybe. I wonder if the red Corvette Diamondback is talking about an episode 11 of Luke Cage's Lola. Hashtag it's all connected. Mm. Simon Williams uh, says, I was kind of hoping there wouldn't be a Bone Zone action in Luke Cage, but halfway through the first episode there is. (laughs) I mean, you know. Man. He says, two things you can expect from Marvel Netflix shows, Bone Zone action and the wise old black man is killed. Uh, he says, I'm guessing Mama Mabel and Pistol Pete are Luke Cage villains from the comics. If so, where are they now? I, The only Pistol Pete I know is the basketball player, Pistol Pete Maravich. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain. <laughs> there are a lot of obscure Luke Cage villains yeah, that, there's are, like that characters are coming to prominence once. now. Yeah. yeah. Cockroach Hamilton, man. He's huge. Yeah. David Walker's making him a star. Yeah. Uh, he says, Simon says, if the Marvel office had a swear jar, like in Luke Cage, who would be putting money in it the most? Me. You. Cerilli. Mm. I'm pretty good. I don't swear much. Blake, maybe? Mm. I'm not around not you really. guys too much. I know. Blake doesn't, Blake doesn't swear. He just, like, uses, like, southernisms. <laughs> so he doesn't use, like, actual swears. Mm. It's like, confound it. <laughs> Dag nabbit. Yeah, the, the jar would be overflowing just your, in my your office. Your office would be pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I feel like Judy swears a lot. Judy yeah, Stevens. Yeah, I could see that. She's got a filthy mouth. Yep. Great. Great. All right. Yeah. Diversion there. Uh, Twim of the week for September 28th was Sam Wilson, Captain America number 13. He says, man, Captain Marvel took an L in almost <laughs> every comic she showed up for in the week of September 28th. Yeah, I mean, she's she's out there standing up for herself, and God bless her, but yeah, she's uh, she's fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. Simon says, Ultimate Summer 11 showed the team as the perfect mixture of brains and brawn. Nice. Agreed. He says, The end of Ms. Marvel 11 was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Yeah. He says, Moon Girl number 11 started out well enough, but had a sand ending as well. He just wants Lunella to be happy. Don't we all? But that's the thing. If you talk to any writer, they are going to do the worst things it's to their true. characters. It's, it's having characters who are just happy leads to it doesn't comics. lead to very good stories no. to many people. So you got to have that those moments where they they hit their lowest, so they can come back up and have mm-hmm. those those high happy moments. Well said, Simon says. Twin of the week for Simon says <laughs> October fifth. <laughs> Champions number one. A good start, and Ms. Marvel was the star of the book. Champions number one getting a lot of love and deservedly so. Yeah, Simon does say he didn't enjoy mm. Jessica Jones number one or Cage number one as much as he hoped he would. He'll give them a few more issues though. Hmm says, reading Cage number one reminded him of Luke Cage Hero for Hire. In it, that it showed what happens when you have white men trying to write 70s black slang. It just doesn't feel like they understand that world. Interesting note. Yeah. I mean, you know. Fair enough. It's, it's got a, a vibe that is not really where Cage is, but it's supposed to be of the moment. Whether it works or not is up to you. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Simon says, I ha- he's happy that America Chavez is getting her own comic. He'll be interested to see who the creative team is. Yes. We didn't mention that in the news. Oh, yeah. America Chavez is getting her own comic called America. America. We don't have the creative team yet. Yes. That I mean, we do. We do. But, but we're not sure. telling. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Haha. <laughs> he says, so Forrest Whitaker is going to be in Black Panther. It looks like Marvel is getting every famous black actor in Hollywood to be in this. I wonder who's next. Hashtag Black Panther so lit. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a fair number of actors... That could yeah. be added, but yeah. I think the cast is ridiculous. It's really, really good. It's loaded. Yeah. Uh, and he says, maybe Luke Cage set the bar too high, but I wasn't all that impressed with the Iron Fist trailer. Well, you just wait and see, young man. Yeah. You we, just wait and see. There's so much we we showed, like, little clips and pieces and um, bits of action and stuff like that at New York Comic Con, which we haven't showed yet. So hopefully you'll get one over by uh, yeah. more of the stuff as it comes along. My wife refuses to call Iron Fist Iron Fist. She'll only call him Fire Fist. If she says it doesn't make sense, she goes, his fist is on fire. Why would he not be Fire Fist? In the comics, but his fist becomes like a thing unto I, iron. You think I haven't used that line? You think I haven't used that line dozens of times? <laughs> Come on, man. Think about what you're saying. Yeah. Lex Pendragon finishes us off for the tweet and says, I just found this week in Marvel from last week since my RSS didn't update. I know we're working on that. I love hearing Ben Moore say cooter over and over. As in Aaron Cooter. Yeah. K-U-D-E-R. K-U-D-E-R. Yeah. We got emails. We got emails. We got emails. That's the song that starts the email section of our show. Yeah. Jason Kim says, Dear Ryan and Ben, I am so sorry to hear Tom King is retiring from comics. I know. It is devastating. Um, who, Jason says, uh, I heard he got a new job as a sheriff in the District of Com- Columbia in parentheses, DC. Yeah, in yep. case we didn't get it. Yep. Uh, I hope he's not afraid of bats. Ha ha. Again, in case we <laughs> get it. I love it. Uh, Jason says, at least he's retiring at the top of his game with an awesome vision series. Amen. Jason, thank you for playing along with our ridiculousness. Yeah, Jason. We appreciate it. You're our twimmer of the week. Wow. Aloha, he says. Aloha. Yeah. Oh, wow. He must be talking to us from Hawaii. I hope. Sure. It'd be weird if he's in like North Dakota or something just saying aloha. <laughs> That's just like a quirk. Dakota Morgan writes, Hey guys, what do you think of the idea of a Chicago Avengers team that tries to help um, out in the crime in the city? That'd be great. be very interesting. Uh, have you been reading Nighthawk? Yeah, Nighthawk is all about that. a big story about Chicago and all the stuff that's going on there. Also, David Walker, who writes Nighthawk, is going to be writing Occupy Avengers. And as I understand, they're a team on the move. So I would not be surprised if they end up in Chicago at some point. And certainly David's great at ta- tackling those topical issues. One thing that hasn't been talked about enough in Occupy Avengers, hmm. Red Wolf. Yeah, Red Wolf's in Occupy Avengers. Like, I'm excited. Yeah, it's an exciting, it's Red Wolf. It's exciting He's got times. wolves with him. Yep. They're going to occupy the crap out of stuff? You know who's, you know who's drawing it? No. Carlos Pacheco. Yes! Yeah, Carlos Pacheco drawing Occupy Avengers. That is going to be It's a pretty so good, good team. Him yeah. and David Walker. Ridiculous. All right. Um, so this email comes from someone whose name um, is all either... Yeah, it's... These look like Japanese kanji, but I yeah. could be wrong. I think, uh, I think that's it. Uh, and so... There's no actual name for us to know how to say right here. So Amanda, do you? No. No. All right. So this listener, the subject was 75 years of Marvel comics from the golden age to the silver screen versus Marvel year by year, a visual history. Hmm. Um, he says, hi, have been listening to the podcast. You're she. Right. Good, good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. Mm -hmm. They say, hi, have been listening to the podcast for quite some time. Always enjoyed you guys' humorous and lighthearted way of talking. That's us. Lift up my spirit. Every time I listen to the podcast. Hmm. 
They're looking for some books that would give uh, me a general sense, a general overview of the history of Marvel Comics, and they say I found both 75 years of Marvel Comics from the Golden Age to the Silver Screen and Marvel year by year of visual history. Both of them seem interesting. My question is, what is the difference between these books besides their price and size? What are their main focus, respectively? Um, that's a great question. Great. I don't I've actually not seen either of those? No. Um, if one of them is the Tashin book, it's mm-hmm. from a company called Tashin. Mm-hmm. They do these amazing, gigantic, really kind of extravagant, wonderful uh, historical books. That is like the that's a premium tier, amazing quality book. Definitely something you want to you have and you put on your coffee table. You show off. Um, I'm not sure if one of those is that seventy uh, Marvel year by year visual history. Mm, I'm not sure which is which to be honest. Mm-hmm. If one of them is maybe put out by uh, DK, who mm-hmm. does a lot of books for us, they also do really great, really like detailed books. Um, I think either one is going to be a winner. They're both going to be great, if, especially if you're trying to learn about the Marvel characters and sort of get an overview of history. There's also a great book called. Um, uh, what, what's the book that the rain co-wrote? Uh, I don't know. Um, Everything you didn't know about Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. She Lorraine on my desk. Uh, co-host of Thwip and and the Marvel Minute and all that stuff. Um, she worked on this book, which is tons of really cool facts and information. And it got stolen by the cast of WGN America's uh, Underground. They her, stole it from our her live personal set. copy. Yeah. So we're on to you guys. <laughs> we're coming for you. Uh, but those books are great. I'm sorry we don't have more information. We just, when it comes to stuff that is like produced by licensees, sometimes we don't get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully that helps. And then there's a PS from this writer, they, from this um, listener. They say, I am an international student studying in the States. I'm still learning the English language. Sorry if my sentences are confusing. This, this is one of great. the best written yeah, it was really yeah. well written. pieces of correspondence yeah. we have gotten. Yeah. I would say your English is probably better than three of ours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So no kudos to you. Uh, Doing it. Yeah. Great job. So that's it. It dawned on me that I think next week is supposed to be a Twim URC, but I don't know if we ever assigned one. Oh, I thought, aren't you supposed to give it to, you were supposed to, we were supposed to give it. No, because they did the last one. They did Luke Cage. Aren't we doing Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumphant? Yes, I did say that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good for me. The thing is, I'm out next week. I've got the premiere of Marvel's Doctor Strange. It's all right. We'll wait next week for you. Okay, so we'll wait a week. You guys have another week to read the giant single Mm, OGN. Yep. Uh, it's really good, guys. So good. Please read it. Yeah. Let Check us it know. Out. Use the hashtag TwimURC for your thoughts about it. It's on Marvel Unlimited. Um, it's got Mike Mignola art. There's no reason you would not read this. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange going to hell to get Doctor Doom's mom back. Yeah. That topical. is perfect. <laughs> what, do you, what do you say, Sniffles? Sounds great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, that's a perfect point to leave it. Ryan. You yeah. did a great job today. Thanks, Ben. Feel you good, did too. Feel good about it. Thank I you. Feel real good. And I've still got four hours left to get work done before I gotta leave. Beautiful. Where are you going? I'm going to see Shin Godzilla again tonight. Ooh. Okay, enjoy. I will. All right. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>